everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here on Conscious Business Zone with my friend Vinny Tolman. Hi, Vinny. Hey, Kathy. Great to see you this morning. Yeah, yeah. So I got to hug Vinny in person a couple weeks ago. It's already been a couple weeks. Isn't that wild? It is crazy. And uh, we just had a great time. We were both at the IONS Conference, which is the International Association for Near-Death Studies where there were, uh, I think at the peak time, 600 people, 650 people over the uh, four day weekend, four long weekend, um, that came to experience and share and share the field of love that is palpable. It's truly palpable from people that have been out of body and then chosen to come back and the, the lessons and the worldview the the universe view <laughs> that they have after they get back right Vinny? yeah absolutely and i i actually was joking with all my uber drivers because you know every meal you'd leave the the hotel and uh, i was always joking that we were at the dead people convention and it was <laughs> i did that too there were people <laughs> saying well these were people that died and came back and they went <laughs> but I didn't. I had a spiritually transformative experience. Well, Vinny, I would love for you to share your story about your experience that's in this wonderful book that uh, you created. And then Lynn um, Taylor helped you write it. And Lynn is just a sweet, lovely man also. And he was yeah. at the booth. Uh, I was I was with the exhibitors. I was the den mom for the exhibitors. <laughs> That's what it felt like. But anyway, <laughs> but um, would you tell us a little bit because people, this is Vinny at age twenty five. So so would you tell us a little bit so that people can have an idea about about your perspective of life? Basically, yes, okay, absolutely. So I have uh, I have one of these weird perspectives from life because i know what it smells like in a body bag i know uh, what it's like to be dead i i was declared dead put in a body bag when i was 25 years old and i was found dead in a public bathroom i had aspirated that means that i had um, suffocated on my own vomit and that being said i was i was toted away in a body bag taken away to be turned into the medical examiner when I had a blessed angel, which was a rookie medic on his first week on the job. He, he felt God tell him, he felt source or universe or creator tell him that this one wasn't all the way dead. He went ahead and broke protocol. He uh, opened up that body bag and resuscitated the body. Uh, meanwhile, I was, I was still brain dead for three days and during those three days and during that time that I was dead, I was witnessing everything from above, but at the same time I was also traveling. I was heading off to what I was told is our home where we all originally came from. And, um, you know, some would call that heaven. Uh, but I, to me, I call it home. And so I, I got to go home. I got to go home for three days and and had just an amazing experience meeting this this guide who helped me get there uh, who i thought was god at first and he helped explain that he wasn't god he was just someone who really loved me and wanted to be my guide and help me go wherever i wanted to go in the universe and uh, explained that i could go with him to home if i wanted to and i did i wanted to go home with him so we began this journey this very crazy journey going from the earthly plane to the heavenly plane, which is a, a, not just a traveling of distance. It was definitely a traveling of understanding and frequency or love energy. And um, it started with understanding that I had to be authentic. I had to figure out who I really was. And once I could figure that out, I could actually begin my journey. And, and that's where it all kind of starts, is, is peeling away all the different aspects of who I thought I was. Back then, I was 25 years old. I was an amateur bodybuilder. I had worked for years in TV and film. 
Um, I had worked major motion picture, major television production. I had also built uh, custom homes for many years. So I felt that um, that's what I was, was this construction worker or movie producer or, or key set production assistant um, or a second second assistant director. I just felt that I was all these different labor labels and I wasn't one of them. Underneath all those labels, there was a core, a center of who I was and that's who I really was. And once I got down to that core of who I really was, it felt like I was five years old again. And it's funny, that's when we start building all these facades around who we are, is when we're really little. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really interesting, though. So I, once I, I essentially allowed my, my sense of self to get stripped back down until I was about five or six years old and let my authentic core of who I was out, um, I began my progress. I began my journey with, with my guide, which he had told me his name by then. He had said his name was Drake. So we, we began this journey, um, you know, side by side, trying to help this uh, kind of slow learner. I think I was definitely a slow learner. He was just helping me um, up the ladder of, of progress to get up to this, this place of home. But the next thing he taught me was is that, uh, you know, there's purpose for us to be here on earth and that the purpose is to go to school, that earth is a school. And it's always been a, a classroom. It's never been a courtroom. And that we're not here to be, to be judged. We're here to uh, utilize the opportunity for growth and learn and uh, embrace opportunity for learning. And that's what most of our trials are. Most of our obstacles in this life are, are opportunities to learn, opportunities to shape us and to grow. And then he, he helped me understand that I had to learn how to love everyone. And I felt like that was going to be easy for me. I was a very loving being. I still am. Just a, I love everybody. I really do. I love everyone. But even then, there was some limitations to that love. And he, he explained that we were going to visit that in a, in a, in a moment. Uh, but he, he could feel that I really had a true, genuine love for all mankind. And so that led us to our, our fourth, uh, kind of our fourth step towards getting towards heaven. And that was recognizing that all of us have an inner voice. All of us have this unspoken knowing within our gut, within our, our soul. And what that knowing, what that intuition is, is it's the God spark. It's the DNA, the energetic DNA of our creator inside of us. And that all of us have that. We can turn it on or we can turn it off. And that led me to the, the next, uh, next thing that he was teaching me is that one way we can turn that intuition off is using technology. Because technology itself will replace our intuition. It will replace our higher connection to our creator if we let it. But it also can amplify that connection if we let it. So it's up to us. We need to learn to use technology responsibly. And that's when he brought me back to that love. He brought me back to, you know, he said, you know, you you told me you love everyone, that you're not prejudiced whatsoever. And he said, well, what do you think about prejudiced people? And at that point, I was I was very adamant. Well, I hate prejudiced people. <laughs> I, that he said, I was like, that's the one thing I can't, I have no tolerance. Prejudice in, in any of its form, I feel is just extreme ignorance. And, and I, I was putting all these labels on prejudiced people. And he helped me see God lift me up where I was and bring me over to the team of prejudice. And, and he put me into that team of prejudice. So that by me hating prejudiced people, I was joining that prejudiceness. And that was a big aha for me, big wake up. Um, I had a lot to release with that. And he asked me, do you still want to hate prejudiced people? And as soon as I said no, he helped me see someone who was very prejudiced in my world, in my, in my life. He helped me see a a few days in their life when they were a child. 
and he helped me understand why they believed that a certain type of person was bad for them. And he helped me understand that every, every prejudiced person is actually just a hurt person. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to cope with the hurt that they've received. And one of the ways they cope is they decide that a certain individual, a certain race, a certain religion, or a certain gender is, is the answer to their pain. And that if, as long as they hate them, then they're going to be okay. So it's just hurt, you know, hurt children emotionally who are really being prejudiced. And that if I really ha- am going to love everyone, I have to be able to love even a prejudiced person, even a hateful person, even a mean person. And, and I was shown that even in the darkest of us, the darkest souls of us on earth, there is a spark of light. And I can love that spark of light. So that's what I decided to do. I, I decided that, yes, I will love even prejudiced people, even racist and misogynist and, and all these different types of prejudice. I will love that type of person as long as I'm loving the God spark, the light within them. And he showed me that as we do that, as we love the light inside these people, we help it grow and we help them transition out of their prejudice nature, which is um, a very beautiful tool that we can use in this, in this earth, in this earth school to help connect and strengthen each other. But you know, that, that, uh, that brought me to the next step of my, my progress, which was to understand that my thoughts have the power to create and destroy. And that if I think positively, I will begin acting positively. If I think negatively, I will begin acting negatively. And so it's so important for us to uh, try to control our thoughts. And one way that we can control our thoughts and, and exercise the power of creation, which is our thoughts, is to avoid negative influences keep ourselves away from those things that we know do not serve us. That's going to be entertainment. That's going to be news. That's going to be all sorts of, of uh, content that we seek out on our phones. It doesn't serve us. It doesn't help us. It doesn't strengthen us. And it's important for us to avoid these negative influences at all costs. Truly avoid them. Because they're, it's, it's kind of like playing in the mud while wearing a white suit. Um, eventually you're going to get dirty and you, and eventually you're going to get so dirty you can't wash it off. And that's what these negative influences are, is their mud. And we wake up every morning in that white suit energetically and we don't have to play with the mud. We can play with the light. And as we do, the light uh, or the whiteness will only get stronger and cleaner and better for us. And this is all energetically, of course, you know. Um, that That brought me to the ninth kind of the ninth step to getting there, which was understanding there's a purpose even in evil. And, you know, evil has to exist for us to have good. And if we erase evil and everything's good, there is no choice. And we're here to make choices. Earth school is about making choices. And that led me to the last step before I got into heaven, which was to understand that all of us, our individual fingers on the creator's hand. Perfect. Yeah. And that's, and that's really the kind of the gist of my journey is I had to understand all of that so I could get to heaven, get to the heaven space. Okay. So I have a quick question before we get to the next part. Um, The, when you're talking about um, be careful what you allow into your temple, into Mm -hmm. your atmosphere. Um, A lot of that is, um, I was going to use the word to ask you about personal power Mm -hmm. because you're a mentor and a coach and you, you have been a bodybuilder. So you know what putting a practice into place is like in order to get an outcome. Well, Personal power is that way, too, where you actually exercise your will to if, if you're in school and you want to get a good grade, if this is earth school, 
and not necessarily that we want a PhD, but <laughs> but we want to get an A. Um, the, how does how do you see after with your expanded view of how this whole thing works? How do you see personal power as a um, as a path to success? It's not even success. Um, loving a loving existence, I guess, is more what mm -hmm. you know, I'm considering success rather than abundance stuff. Well, it's it's funny people people live this life and they tend to believe that they don't have any power but if you can control your thoughts you have all the power in the world you do i've seen people uh you know one of my my mentors myself is victor frankel um oh, wow. someone who who was in concentration camps as a, as a young boy and recognized that there were people of the exact same level of physical health one would thrive, one would die. And the difference was the thoughts. If you could keep your thoughts under control and stay positive, and, and he even remembers noticing that there was birds singing and that just those bird songs alone could get him through the worst of days where he watched carnage and horror around him. And it's, it's really amazing that we learn so much from this amazing man and his story and his experience that it really is mind over matter, allowing yourself to choose the higher path. Even when you're in the midst of a, a horrible tragedy, you can still choose the higher path. You can look for the bird song. You can look for the silver lining of your cloud. And what I've learned myself is even in the worst storms, the worst storm of your life you have the most opportunity to grow mm. because it's through that vulnerability it's through that change that you can change you can change some big changes in your life with with that happening in your life so right. to me i i love the storms i love the calm periods i love the sunny days but i also love the storms i even love the pain of the storms because it shows me where i have the opportunity for growth yeah so so as far as that you okay so in in your perspective um you were able to see how you are a active creator in your movie in your mm -hmm. play, and that you could through personal power whatever you want to call it um practice however you want to call it you could guide the um storyline <laughs> mm -hmm. to a different story how do you help people when they're caught in their story when you so people can't see their story that that's part of the weird part of this game that we're in is they can't see it they see the um evidence of it mm -hmm. but they they may be caught in their story of uh, their identity through the story, or they may be caught in the um, the seven-year-old seven <laughs> um, trauma of the story. You know where where you just decided that's just the way this is. So the well, you know, creates yeah, it, right. It's really it's really yeah, absolutely. And it, what's crazy too is there's a lot of people living their parents' story, right? And they don't even know that they're living their parents' story. So. One of the, the modalities that I use to release trauma on people and release the past is I, I do something that's very like the emotion code where we go in and we release those trapped emotions that most people inherited from their parents. But yeah, a lot of these negative narratives, they were, they were inherited. They weren't even something that we created ourselves. It's, it's like the paradigm we were given because it was the paradigm we were raised in. And, and one of the, the first ways I help people kind of step out of their story or step out of their false paradigm of defeat is I start giving them some tools. Uh, one of the first tools is understand your hour of power. The most important hour of your entire day is the first 30 minutes when you wake up and the last 30 minutes before you go to bed. What you put in this space is what you worship. If you're putting 
you know, entertainment in this space, you are truly worshiping your entertainment. If you put sports in this space or stock portfolios or stock numbers, if you're putting news, you are worshiping the news, you are worshiping stocks and sports. But if you put divine content or you put uplifting content, you put um, centering content in your hour of power, you amplify and you empower yourself to have this trajectory, this opportunity, this possibility that you didn't have before. But it's understanding that rule of the hour of power. Because too many times people, you know, right before bed, they just, you know, look at whatever their friends sent them on social media and, and or they watch a YouTube here and there. But we have a, a, a really neat opportunity there. We can be seeking out God in that space. We can seek out our inner divinity. We can honor Mother Gaia, Mother Nature in that hour of power. So there's some beautiful opportunity there for us to reframe our story. And what happens is that frame becomes the way you view life. That becomes your frame of your day. And it helps you build a new paradigm, a paradigm of light, a paradigm of connection to your creator, connection to Mother Gaia, connection to the universe. And when you're connected, you're feeling more vital. You're having a better time controlling your thoughts and garnishing your thoughts with light and with love. And that helps you retell a new story, a new paradigm. So that's one of the first tools I teach people is how to honor their hour of power, to really honor their hour of power, and then also to build an attitude of gratitude. Because you can't be, you can't be losing when you're full of gratitude. Even on your worst day, you're grateful for a heart that beats, hands that function, eyes that function, ears that function, a car to drive, a job to have, or, or if you don't have a car to drive or a job to have, a sun that comes out and shines on you every morning. That's right. So there's a lot to be grateful for. Even to the most ungrateful person, I can give you a list of a thousand things to be grateful for. Yes. Oh, that, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the other, um, so I, I totally concur with that. I cannot watch, um, violence at all anymore it's it's like uh, uh it or or it affects me so i have to do something to clear it but um okay so when you're thinking about the the um supernatural i want to call it experience that you had parent it's not paranormal it's it's actually a an incredible love connection love to the millionth power connection yes so that you remember who you really are do you find yourself reconnecting to that during the day or um finding a way um it, it by going to the to nature to reconnect to that how how do you um bring that because we're here and there <laughs> mm -hmm. so, we are. so how do you bring the big expanded view into when you're like talking to me right now or you're coaching how do you do that um because i i want to know personally because i know how i do it but um but it, it is a conscious choice for me it is it is a conscious choice number one you you have to get in the habit of respecting honoring and plugging into what I call the etherical nature or the ethernet, which is the, the, the etherical net, you know, the etherical nets, the, the spiritual net that you can plug into every morning. And so for me, part of my hour of power is as soon as I wake up now, I, I try to do it every morning or, you know, at least twice a day, I try to really plug into the spirit net, the uh, etherical net. And what I'm doing when I do that, is I'm connecting through my own guidance team. My guidance team goes with me everywhere. Everybody has a guidance team. Whether they recognize it or not doesn't change whether they have it or not. They have it. Everyone does. Um, everyone has at least 10 spirits, ancestors, guardians, or guides around them. And I plug into those guides. That's the first thing I do. And I ask who, you know, of my, of my network, 
Is there, I ping my network, is there someone who really needs me today? And many times there's a response and, and I have to check to see if I have the space and the energy to do what I need to do for them. And if I don't, then I say, okay, let's, let's send them some, some support from heaven, send them some angel support and, and then allow me the right time to come and, and give them the energy I have when it's time. And they do, they, they, you know, help people. They supplement people until they're ready until I can be there with them and, or give them my, my focus, time, attention, and energy. But, but there's also been many times where I realized that the person right next to me, the person right in my own household needs me. And they're not asking for that, they, but they do. And so I, there's, there's an opportunity there that you can really love and support your own family, uh, even when they're not asking, especially when they're not asking. But it's, it's just a really neat way to, to be plugged into what's going on. And, um, and the cool thing is you can freak out your friends too. <laughs> like, like you'll be at a restaurant you'll be at a restaurant and you can say you know what that person entering right now is a very bad person <laughs> or or you can say um hey that that person over there in the corner uh let's buy them something and just send it over to their table watch how much their energy changes and you can see they're in this like sorrow cycle you send over a little free dessert or a drink or something and now all of a sudden they're they're so happy and, and it completely changes them. It derails them off of the sad rails. Um, so yeah, it, you can freak out your friends. And then also there's uh, in a beautiful way, you can, once you learn to speak the love language that spirit speaks, you can help people um, do what, what is best for them um, without saying a word to them. And they do, they really do. It doesn't have, it's not foolproof, but it does work. And, and it's really an amazing process to witness and be a part of. Well, I, I have my notes from your book. I love your book. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I love it. So um, I have some notes that I took from your book that um, you said about our spirit guides, because you just sort of said, we have 10 of them. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you for more clarity, because I wrote down the family guides, the uh, uh, ancestra are usually yep. stand on your right mm -hmm. and your spirit guides part of your spirit family stands on your left and then you also have guardians and higher guides could you share a little bit more about that yeah, so everybody's a little different and and depending on how you orient with your your writing you know left or right um, most people and this is just generally speaking but it's not a set rule most people have their their ancestral guides on their right and their angels slash, no, 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 reverse that. They have their ancestrals on their left and then their angel guides, their angel guardians on their right. Um, but but it's, it's, again, not a set rule. But what you do have is you have at least 10 of those. So you have at least five and five. And then you'll have what's called an over-guidance team. That's a team that oversees those five on each side of you. And then above them, you have a second oversight team. So, um, you know, if we're not getting clear answers from the first team, we can go up to the second team and then the third team. And, okay. and then if you go to the fourth team, you're pretty much almost connecting to source creator, which that's awesome. And that's what prayer does. So there's extreme strong power in prayer, very strong power in prayer. Um, people that don't believe prayer works, they just don't understand prayer. Right. But it does work. It's real. Right. Well, um, uh, when I, when I, well, this must have been at least 10 years ago, at least 10 years ago, maybe longer. I used to hold a community um, uh, together called the Bruner Gurning Circle of Friends. I was a community leader for five years and we would meet every three weeks. And Bruner Gurning lived during World War One and Two. He lived in 1906 to 1959. And he was a very special being. And uh, he was teaching people to reconnect to that energy that you're talking about, the power hour, yeah. uh, where you would do it in the morning and at night. He said nine o'clock in the morning and nine o'clock at night for about 10, 15 minutes. And what he called the uh, healing stream, he called it the Heilstrom. And I still, mm -hmm. I still use, I still do the stuff. This was 
a long time ago. And um, the energy that you get is actually, they can catch it in photographs where mm-hmm. this call, because the, all the plants and animals all know to hook into the divine energy. We forgot, but, but, and it's our cultures and our histories and civilizations, whatever, whatever you want to call it, humans got disconnected from this source that's available for every living creature and, and even inanimate objects can have it. That is actually, I've got photographs of these tunnels of energy coming down and it's just oh, yeah. practice. it's it's like your hour of power practice where it's um it's divine energy it's your birthright mm-hmm. but we forgot we just forgot about it well it's really it's really cool there's you know as we develop our science as science delivers and and develops we're starting to understand that um, you know the neuropathy, the neurology, sorry, the neurology of the brain, um, you're actually seeing areas of the brain come alive that don't normally come alive during the theta state. Right. And the theta state is right as you're sleeping, waking up, and then right as you're starting to go to sleep. So that's your hour of power. That you know, before and after your theta state, that's a precious, precious time where there is channeled energy coming through you. But, and to add to that, they just recently found a pair of 3,000-year-old moccasins. And in those moccasins, there's very fine beadwork, but there was metal beads sewn into the bottom as grounding plates so that even 3,000 years ago, they knew the importance of being grounded and allowing yourself that connection to Mother Gaia because Mother Gaia is Mother Earth, the one who nourishes us and nurtures us energetically. And it's so important for us to be grounded when when we're doing all of this. So um, literally right now, as I'm talking to you, my feet are bare and they're on a grounding mat that's plugged into the wall. <laughs> I'm earthing and grounding as a big part of, of connecting to the spiritual realm. Because when you're grounded, you have less interference. You have less energetic interference, spiritual interference. So you can really connect to what your intention wants you to connect to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll make sense to someone who does this. Uh, you know, uh, there's grounding sheets, there's earthing sheets, there's some some really neat uh, studies already on PubMed.gov that you can study about the effects of grounding and earthing, and how it affects you know rats, how it affects us, um, and and makes our life better, makes their life better. So definitely, and you know, to see those three thousand year old shoes with those little metal 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 beads in the bottom so that whoever was wearing those could have grounding while they walked around in them. That was really neat. You know, that's, that 3,000 3, years ago, they, were, they knew this, and right. somehow we lost it with our modern rubber technologies. Wow. Well, uh, and uh, earthing is so, it's free. <laughs> it I is mean, free. so much of this is, again, we forgot, and um, mm-hmm. it's time to remember. A lot of the indigenous cultures retained the knowledge, even though they might have been colonized, uh, colonialized, yes, whatever. Um, but but what what we're seeing now is the chance to really choose, and that's what that's what I think technology has offered us is a little <clears throat> space to be able to get things done more uh, quickly, so you do have that free time yes. to choose, yeah. right? Yeah, right? and. and- and I love that when we get ourselves in balance with nature, nature really revitalizes us and activates us in a way that we can get way more done in our day than we ever could otherwise. In fact, one of my greatest energy drinks is drinking in the sun in the morning and at night. And the way you do that is it's called sun gazing. Yep. And, and you know, I call it a three-finger distance from the horizon. As long as the sun is still able to touch my fingers, and my fingers are on the horizon, then I'm able to, to gaze at that sun and safely do so. I don't wear glasses when I do it. I take my glasses off. Um, I make sure I'm not looking through a pane of glass or, or window, but I'm truly looking directly at the sun. And it's 100% safe to do it. There's a lot of studies on this, actually. And what's neat about it is you get this, this battery charged off of this. 
It's a battery you didn't know you had or a battery that you needed charged. But once you start charging this battery, you realize, wow, I don't need to eat the foods I normally used to eat. I don't need to do or drink the things I used to normally do or drink. And you can really start transforming your life. And, and to me, it's like an energy drink. It, it gives you a sense of a high or a, a, a higher state for at least a couple hours after you sun gaze. And then on top of that, you just feel like you're full of energy all day. So um, it's really neat. It's another natural thing you can do um, that's, that's only going to hit your physiology with benefits and with health. So it's something you can add to any regimen. Yeah. So, so when you're doing this, do you have affirmations or do you have, I mean, do you create your, so you go into your hour of power and of course you're, you're in somewhat of a prayer. Um, how do I best serve model mode? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. right? But, yeah. but do you also do any affirmations or recommend any um, um, part of the request? It's not request, but it's actually co-creating with the universe. Basically. I do. I do. One of the affirmations I use uh, is one that <clears throat> I've kind of gathered over the years, um, which is everything I've ever needed has already been in me. And I will, I will tap in to that which is within. And so I, I sometimes will do this mantra. I also will do, I change it up though. My brain gets bored very easy. So it seems like if I do the same mantra even two days in a row, my brain wants to get lazy and go to another place while I'm doing it. So what I'll do is I'll change it up regularly. I'll play music. Uh, what, I, what I've done is I've been doing some, some uh, monk chants uh in in the background being played while i'm doing it lately and i so you know i'm just fine whatever is really speaking to my soul and then i i change it up i make sure that it's not the same every day um i make sure i'm doing the you know the sun gazing as much as possible doing the grounding as much as possible at sleep and at work and um between that i, I try to change it up but my meditation is different almost every day and i meditate two to three times a day minimum yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. I, yeah. I wondered because I find myself doing it and I also use um, music or frequencies a lot of times, like yeah. even when I'm doing work, I'll, I'll, a lot of times I'll have um, frequencies behind me that'll help me keep going. <laughs> going. Yeah. I love, I love personally the 963. So 963 Hertz. It's a very magical healing frequency. Uh -huh. And and there's there's extreme powers in the three six nine or the nine six three. So to me, it, it plays right into that synchronistic nature of of nature and our creator. So yeah, I, I do listen to nine hundred sixty three hertz as well as five twenty eight when I want to work towards the heart Very or hard. towards this towards solar plexus. And and you know um, each each part of our body or our chakra tree has a different frequency that we can we can focus on. So where we see we need some healing, we could focus our attention on that while we meditate and while we, we connect to our creator. Yeah. So, so we, we're in the mix midst of a huge change. Mm -hmm. And Big I changes. we all stood, we stood in line to be here right now during these changes. <laughs> but Even though you wouldn't think that, but uh, we did, we did. And we, and we were standing in line a long we time before lottery. we got here. Yep. So, but, but I'm wondering what you're seeing as far as um, when you're working with people or um, when like your family, because the, the, your worldview, because of your experience of dying and, and getting that expanded view of creation, um, how, how are you seeing people adjust to change? I like change personally, mm -hmm. um, but not everybody does. So a lot of people are trying to hold on. They're really critical. They're really cynical almost yeah. in, in their worldview. How, how are you seeing this time of change? You know, the, the big thing for me is I'm seeing an apartheid. I'm seeing a separation between the darkness and the light in society. I'm seeing a majority of society to 
go down this pier of, or sorry, this path of fear, this path of fear. Everywhere they go, they're 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 caging themselves in a form of fear. Um, a lot of that has to do with uh, produced news and produced uh, global events. And I do say produced because a lot of these global events are, are a, about as natural as a neon light. Um, it's just not natural. And uh, to allow yourself to live in the cage of fear is to allow someone else to dictate your life. Right. And, and we don't have to live in that cage of fear. We don't have to listen to Chicken Little because the whole world is Chicken Little right now. And they would convince you the sky is falling, uh, war is at, at our doorstep, and that the next great cataclysm is coming. And that doesn't change anything. Even if all of that is true, we can live in a place of fear or we can live in a place of love. And if we live in a place of love, then we're going to align ourselves with a path, a pathology of innate of, of possibility, a, a path of really connecting to our divine uh, origin and our divine destiny. And when we're in a place of love, no one else can manipulate us and control our decisions. Um, we empower ourselves to really create our own reality. And that's where we're at right now. There, people are shifting one direction or another. They're shifting into the fear reality or they're shifting out of it. They're waking up from the matrix. They're waking up from um, the fear paradigm. And that's really what this is all about is do you want to be enslaved by your fear or do you want to be empowered by your love? Right. That's really the only question. And you're one or the other. So if you're not allowing yourself the empowerment of love, you are allowing yourself to be caged by fear. Wow, that's so true. I, I was calling this whole time period the fear virus <laughs> more than mm -hmm. a virus virus because of um, that's it. That's the way it, it was promoted. I don't watch the news. I get my news on Facebook, which yeah, my daughter makes fun of me about. But <laughs> I mean, if something's happening, I find out about it. But but I don't I don't specifically go there because I'm not quite sure what my role would be to, to help uplift anybody through that. So that, that's why I wondered, because um, here you're in an, uh, an area where a lot of the families are very religious. Um, they're, they've got their own um, worldview and you've got a totally different expanded worldview. So I just wondered if, if, uh, if part of your mission is to rally the troops out of the fear virus and give them the remedy, um, if that's partially why you're in that region of the country and all of that, are you I, finding any of that? I do. I've, I've felt that. I already felt that with the last um, campaign of fear. I'm just going to call it that. And, and, you know, now that we're, we're literally on the doorsteps of the new campaign of fear, it starts within the week, not kidding. Uh, like the new campaign of fear starts this week. And, and how I know that is I work with a bunch of billionaires and they all know this is happening. Um, so the new campaign of fear is here. It is just a, 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 purpose to encage us, to put us in those cages of fear. Because in those cages of fear, it's easy to know what we're going to do. In right. fact, it's planned on what we're going to do. But if we don't allow that fear to cage us, um, it's our world. It's all our world. And, and I do feel that. I feel that even locally here, you know, I live in Las Vegas. Um, I'm here to help others be activated by the love energy. Because in the midst of all that fear, I would go and do a hands-on healing or a hands-on uh, face-to-face session with someone and completely rattle the cage, break it open, and let them dance their way out right. and, and realize that they didn't need any of that. It wasn't serving them. And here's the thing. If anybody can make you not afraid of death, it's a guy who died and loved <laughs> it. And that's me. So, so that's what I'm doing. I'm helping people realize that death is not something to run away from. It's also not something you run, run towards, but what you're going to do is you're going to be yourself. 
You're going to live your life. You're going to love your life. And that's the only way to be, yeah. period. That's the yeah. only way to be. Well, well, I, that, that's a, I hope I hope I get to listen to this again because that is so perfect. And it's really a reminder that we're not victims of all of this, that we really get a chance to uh, make a difference in the world. It just depends. Somebody just put about a zillion hearts. Um, someone at the IONS, Ions um, uh, meeting said, toilet paper, why'd they do that toilet paper thing? <laughs> and it was like, it was a test and it worked. So we all we all got afraid we wouldn't have toilet paper. So we all went out and bought it. But but that's that's what I'm saying is that this is a divine, very, very special time in the chance of humanity to live the path that um, that the masters know and to take your place as one of them in duty and service to others. Um, a lot of that fear virus creates a um, uh, narcissistic, almost, you know, it, it's all um, selfish. It's a selfish model where, because there's not enough. So you have to keep it all. But when you're in a generous spirit and you're in service, there's nothing that can really break that. And, yeah. um, the world is yours if you're in that state. The world is yours. Right, right. So, so, um, what um, other things are you? Do you have coming? Because I know, um, I think you have another book that you're working yes. on. Yeah. So we're working on another book. It's coming out November, December, probably right in the middle of all this fear campaign. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully it gives um, a lot of people tools of how to get out of that fear release okay. that fear and empower themselves. Yeah. Cool. And um, so again, I want to make sure everybody gets to see this book because um, what you'll find when you read this book, first of all, it's fascinating and you're right there. You're right with Vinny mm -hmm. during all of it. But then there's this curious thing about who Drake is and you don't find out who Drake is until later. And, and then you figure out that Hey, there's there's a whole bunch more to, um, to, uh, okay. A lot of near death experience books are more like you're you're alongside, but you're watching it from afar. This particular book, I was in it. Mm -hmm. I, I was in it, and I benefited from being in it because there were lessons in it for me. So a lot of other books, you're a spectator and it's like, oh yeah, that's part of that near death experience. Like um, PMH Atwater actually wrote an encyclopedia of uh, the big, the Bible of near death experiences, mm -hmm. <laughs> like an old phone book. It's really big thing. But anyway, I mean, there there's attributes and stories that repeat other things you've got to line. <laughs> oh my god shit i've got sun coming I'm, i've got shutters over here Let me turn the turn the light on that's funny there we go so anyway but so um is the next book like this one where it's uh your story and it it shares um shares the lessons um so the next book is is really about um essentially taking the 10 lessons that I learned, the 10 uh -huh. principles, and it focuses on giving people, tool, giving people tools on how to implement those 10 lessons for themselves, on how to um, really get their own activation of light in their own life. And, and it's really funny, it's stuff that all of us kind of already knew within our heart, but yet it took, you know, me dying for me to activate these these principles that essentially were already programmed in me. It's, it's almost like these, these things were taught to us before we came here. And so what I do is, is in the workbook, you know, Lynn and myself working together, we are creating this, this book that you can go through and do real world exercises on how to amplify and turn on these 10 principles in your own life. But we don't write it as if 
it's something for everybody, but it, there may be that one of those principles is something that you really gravitate to or two or all 10, you know, some people it's going to be all 10. So that's what we're writing it for is we're writing it for that purpose to help people um, really change, really change their paradigm, really change their worldview and understand that there's a higher purpose to all of this, including the fear that the, you know, the, for the pendulum to swing over to the side of fear, eventually it has to swing over to the side of love. And so um, there's some amazing things to be looking for in our near future. We just want to make sure we're not inside one of those cages when it happens. Because if we're in one of those cages, we won't even see the, the tremendous miracles happening all around us. Because we'll, we will be so encaged by our fear. Yeah. Well, the thing is, truth is so simple, it's almost discounted. I mean, the mm -hmm. truth that you have in these 10, 10 um, steps or um, uh, lessons are it, it's um, part of it is like, yeah, yeah, but how do you do it? So I'm looking forward to the workbook to, to know how you suggest to do it. And then are you going to do workshops, too, with the workbook? Yeah, so we do. We are going to have uh, facilitators all over the country that you can work through your own local facilitator or you can work with one online and and they're going to go through the, the workbook in groups. So we're we're actually actively training those facilitators right now. So oh, wow. we're in the process of training them right now. And then on top of that, I do also uh, do some retreats and I'll be, uh, you know, announcing those dates here shortly. Uh, by Christmas, uh, we're going to hopefully announce all the dates for next year. And um, yeah, the, the retreats so far were just just way above and beyond what we could have expected as far as a result for the participants, but also for us, the staff. It was just an, an absolutely amazing experience. So we're going to make sure we're doing that again. Um, you know, hell or high water, we're going to do our retreats. Uh, even if you got to you know, drive a scooter there, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you can't take a train, a plane or an automobile. So, uh, you know, we're going to make the, the retreats happen no matter what this year, this well, upcoming year as well. Well, let me know because I'm always bringing people here to Colorado. So cool. I bring healers to do classes and training. So, so let me know because I would love to take your class. I, I think this is really the, the step by step um, opportunity to to see really the world as it was intended um, mm -hmm. that that we forgot again it's it's all it's all back to how to work together happy um, let's see what's it say oh it's this is funny happy 20th death day <laughs> that's awesome how about happy 20th rebirth day <laughs> yeah too? yeah so the so January 18th is my death day. So this upcoming January 18th is my 21st death day. Oh, wow. And the, then the 21st is my, is my rebirth day or the day I woke up out of my coma. So I celebrate both. Okay. Um, definitely the 18th is the biggest celebration for me. It's bigger than my birthday, bigger than Christmas. Wow. And the reason why is because that's when my transformation began. Is I, I had to die to learn how to live. I had to die to exit my old life and begin this new life, this new life where what happens with my fellow beings is more important than what happens to me. And, and really, that's the gist of it. That's where you're going to find the greatest happiness in life is when you're serving others and constantly serving others. And, and when people ask me, they're like, how do you do this, this, and this, and this? And I'm like, how do you not? <laughs> because I love my fellow being. I really love my fellow being. And anybody who who knows me, interacts with me, they know that's a real thing. It's not some show. It's not some parade I put on. I love, I truly love my fellow being with yes. all my heart. Yes. And, and, and that's what this is all about, is helping activate that love core, that love center within all of us. And, you know, God wants a strong relationship with us. Right. And it's up to us to, to take down the, the blocking umbrella and stop blocking and technology, unfortunately, is that umbrella that blocks God. And so we've, we've got to get a better relationship with it. Right. Well, but again, we're not victims of anything. We are very powerful beings that, um, that have the opportunity to uh, create different lifestyle choices 
that'll make a difference. But it's also, I mean, this is Conscious Business Zone, which is um, focused on servant leaders. And business, I believe businesses are how we're going to turn this ship around. And a servant leader is somebody that that works very hard to bring out the best in their employees. So they're very uh, employee focused as well as customer focused, but then they don't have time, a lot of time left to work on themselves. So that's why I'm so excited to hear that you're doing the, the new book and the workbook because that's be a great course for almost mm -hmm. all of my servant leaders to, to be reinforced with um, with new tools and and possibly bring it into their companies because this is this is the way we turn everything around. It is, yeah. We turn it we turn it around with us first, and you know um, all of these movies that show some superhero that's going to come and save the earth. Um, that's not real. What's real is us being the superhero. That's it's going to be us who turn on the Christ consciousness inside of us, that we reach out, we help our brother and sister, we, we, we reach out and we save our brother and sister, and that's how we're gonna save ourselves. And, and that's really our future. That's, our, that's the future path that I am in the works of making happen. Perfect. I also, I, I wanna say yes, 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 and I think it's a remembering. It because, is. Um, we just, and, and I'll just keep saying we forgot, I mean, the indigenous, always um, told us that we came from the stars and the the whole worship with the earth and the earth was our mother. I mean, there's so many truths that have been here that we just went, oh, it's too simple. Couldn't be that simple. Mm -hmm. I need an intermediary. Please give me <laughs> an intermediary. And you, with your experience, you realize there is no necessity to have an intermediary just work on your yeah. connection right become, yeah become your own superhero by reaching out to your own network your own team of spirit that's there for you and they in turn can be your superhero by giving you the information you need to go and do and be the person you need to be to help save the world wonderful i don't yeah. even know what to say after that that was just the perfect roundup to <laughs> the end of our conversation well i love you Vinny, and i'm i, I was love so you too, Kathy. You again and and your family and Lynn. And it was just such a wonderful opportunity to be in Soul Family again, where yes. people got the same memo that, that we're here to, uh, to, to wake people up to uh, their choices and their superpowers, if you want to call superheroes, I feel like you need yeah. Wonder Woman um, bracelets on or something. But um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just excited to see how the new generation, if, if we leave this kind of legacy so that the um, kids get off the phones and into life and then actually see what, what's there for them. Um, yeah. I, I'm really excited to see what world we will create, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And, and in fact, I'm, there's a higher path to this earth it's, the Earth is already on its trajectory. In fact, the whole solar system is yes. on this higher path of trajectory. And the whole solar system is warming, not just the Earth, the whole solar system. And that's not happening because of us. There's so many outside forces that are bringing this on. But what's beautiful about it is there's a future path where we get activated so strong that we don't need technology anymore. Right. But we, we won't get that activation if we are in the cage of fear. Right. We have to be in that place of love to to feel the intuition tell us, hey, go do the opposite of what the news is telling you. Go be in this special place, this special time where they say it's gonna be so dangerous and there we're gonna get our activation. And yep. once that activation starts to happen, we, we won't have need for cell phone anymore. We really That's won't. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's what I, I, I truly believe that we're, the internet has been training wheels for telepathy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, and that we have all that access if we don't discount our knowing. I mean, a lot of times you go, did you feel that? Did you hear that? Instead of just mm -hmm. accepting. So that that's part of it. So, Vinny, we're, we're almost to the end. I want to make sure that people know how to find you. And um, and we'll, we'll be waiting 
uh, with bated breath for your new book. And then you have to come back when you, you have your new book. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love that. So my, my nonprofit is livinggodslight.com. Okay. Again, that's livinggodslight.com. And they can find all my links there. So everything's there, including my link tree. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and again, you guys, you want this book because then you'll understand what we're talking about fully. And mm -hmm. then after this book, then you'll want the next book because, and, and this is a fast, easy read, but it's powerful. It's a lot packed into this little book. Yeah. It's Lynn. Lynn did a great job helping us get all that packed into, into such a little book, but you know, it does the job of honoring my experience and getting it out there. Yeah. And it's on Amazon and Audible for anybody who wants it. Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was on Audible. I have to tell you guys that keep keep watching Vinny because there's there's something that's going to show up from this whole thing that's going to be part of the game changing mm -hmm. um, part. And that's what we're all here for. I'm getting chills. Um, that's what we're all signed up for so thank you thank you thank you bless you thank love you kathy you guys so i love much. you kathy yeah yeah so it was so awesome to give you in-person hug and i look oh, forward, yeah. to, the I look forward to the next one it was yeah. like hey it's another day i need another one <laughs> <laughs> i've got these lines of light showing up oh, all know, over me sorry <laughs> anyway no you did a, this was fabulous thank you so much i wish we we'll do it again we'll okay awesome okay. Thank you, Kathy. Okay, Love thank you. you.